Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday, April 15th edition of the MAOB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin. I'm joined by the man over there, Mr. AJ Shulo. What's going on, AJ? Not much, Adam. Uh, excited to talk talk about uh, the boxing match this weekend, Bellator, yep. maybe some little UFC. Got a little bit of everything for the people on this podcast. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, we're going to talk about the, the Ben Askren and Jake Fall fights. Uh, AJ sent me a DM and he's like, can we please talk about this fight? I was like, yes, we can talk about this fight. So I actually haven't talked about this week. I did write an article for, uh, I'm waiting for a new website called Spectation Sports, AJ. So they cover regional MMA, but they also do some boxing coverage as well. So it's kind of a new venture for me, but it's pretty cool, man. I got to be honest though, I did the taste right for these regional level fighters. Do you think some of these UFC guys are bad? There was a guy last week I did taste study on five, his, uh, his, uh, his record's 15 and 95. Jay Ellis is his name. 1595, and I think he has the most he has the most rear naked choke losses in MMA history. Yep. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So I did the tape study, and then yesterday I find out he, he's off the car because the other guy broke his jaw. So I'm like, I have to watch this guy. It's horrible. Like it's it is bad as you think too. Like he gets taken down, taps out immediately. Like I've never seen someone panic as much as this guy does. Anyways, so the point is like, yeah, we're we're uh, we're not just the UFC podcast here. We talk about the other stuff too, boxing, belter, everything. There's also a legacy card. I did an article on that at the Oddsbreaker. We don't have time to talk about that card, but if you're looking for uh, betting on LFA, um, you could look at the uh, opening odds there, AJ. But I do want to start with Bellator. We might as well um, start with Bellator 257. We did talk about Bellator 256 last week, and it, once again, uh, mostly chalk, AJ, but there were a couple ups, and that's the risk you take by parlaying, and everyone's all pissed off at the judges because of that Murat and Yamauchi fight. I don't even think it was that bad of a decision, honestly. Like, I think that was a close fight, you know? So is there any takeaways from last week? I know that you hit on... I think you're you're uh, under in the Zagano fight, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yeah, I had Boric, so I like that one. So it was a good. I mean, for me, when you is fine, but for people that parlay ten people, this is the risk you take, right, AJ? Dude, exactly. This is what we were talking about last week, man. It's just like it's it's all fine and good to just think somebody's a lock, but like when they're three and zero and they're minus nine hundred, there's just more <sighs> confident favorites that we've seen at that price. Like if Amanda Nunes is minus a thousand in whatever matchup, we just have more faith in Amanda just because she's proven to us so many more times that she could go out there and do the damn thing. And she's just an exceptional fighter. But the reality is a lot of these fighters are improving. So you brought up, there was a couple upsets. Uh, the Will Smith versus uh, John Duma fight as well. It was a split decision. I mean, I think that was a fight that you could very well score for Smith. I think he did more damage and, and Duma was a massive favorite there. So that's like you said, the risk when you, when you parlay up these very unproven fighters, um, there's just, you could put a lot more faith into the more experienced, the more credentialed fighters at that big of a line. Those types of fighters to me, warrant a bigger line. That's a bigger upset if they were to lose than in fighters like in these circumstances, just based on the experience. But as far as like some other takeaways, I think your, your read on Borks was sharp. I didn't bet him. I picked him to win. Um, I understood the love for Kennedy. I just didn't think Kennedy was as good a grappler or athlete as those other guys that, uh, Boric struggled with. Yeah. Um, so it was a sharp read is that <clears throat> that you pointed out the Zingano fight fight doesn't go to decision and the under I liked. Um, and then obviously the Yamakauchi fight. I mean, this is the thing though, with I picked him to win, so but right. like the fact that Moret made it close wasn't a surprise to me because I pointed it out in my premium breakdown on shout out to Daily Fan MMA. Yamakauchi, for as skilled of a fighter as he is, he is so low output and his wrestling is not great. So even though in theory he's like this great submission grappler, he doesn't have the capability of always getting these fights to the ground. And if he's just striking at range, fighting at a low pace, the fights could be a lot more competitive. And he's not a huge knockout threat either. So that's the risk with even a proven guy like him at such a big – Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I even said last week, 
AJ, I was the one said, I'm like, this. if you're going to pick any favorite, this is the guy to pick. And I was wrong, right? So it happens, you know? Like, we're, you never know, really. AJ, are you still there, AJ? It looks like he's frozen. Tell me if you guys can hear me still. Kevin, I know you're there. He says these long odds should be reserved. And then you just remove AJ and he'll jump back in, hopefully. You there, AJ? Okay. Hopefully it's not me, guys. Those long odds should be reserved for very good improving versus very bad improving. It seems like a lot of these get out of hand with one of just those criteria. Yeah, no, for sure. I don't know where AJ is. Can someone let me know if they see me still? Because uh, hopefully it's not me that got bounced here. Uh, just double checking. Oh, it looks like my internet's still good. So I guess it's him. That's okay. You're good, Adam. Thanks, Kevin. Let's just try it one more time. AJ. Okay, he's going to have to jump back in. I'll just send him a DM. Jump back in. All right. Hopefully he's going to be back in a second here. All right. Anyways, we'll wait back for AJ in a sec, guys. But yeah, I mean, basically, yeah, that's the thing. You know, it's funny, right? Because I, I said last week, I'm so I feel so bad now because I was like, okay, guys, put him in your parlay. And like, I hate doing parlays. And I said that was the guy that if you're gonna do it, he's gonna win, and he always ended up losing. This is why I get freaked out of these massive lines because it happens more often than not, you know. So it is what it is. It's just funny though, because like I, I know someone said on Twitter, they were like, Oh, you must have bet on Moret. That's why you thought he won. And I'm like, no, man. Like, again, guys, there's no there's no point in me saying like I think a guy's won. If he loses, he loses. It goes to my record as a loss. Like, so there's no point in me being biased about it. I'm just saying, AJ, you know, I tweeted about that Moret fight last week, and I said I thought he I legitimately thought he won the first and third round. I really did. And I think it was a good call by the judges. Personally, everyone thought I was wrong. It is what it is. And I had people saying, oh, you must have bet on Moret. And I'm like, actually, I would have bet on the other side. So I mean, it's just there's no point in being biased when you're watching the fight. Because the fight, you know, plays out the way it does. It, 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 you know, our record says what it says, Agent. So even if we think it was a bad decision, at the end of the day, we lost on that one, right? So there's no point in being biased. I'd rather look at the fight impartially as much as I can, even if I had money on it. It's hard sometimes, I understand, guys, but I've been doing this for over like 10 years now. So I'm trained to be able to do that. I know some people can't separate their heart with their minds, but dude, I mean, for me, it's not a big deal. Like I've won and lost tons of money in the years. So it's like old hat for me. You know what I mean, AJ? Like I look at these fights and I'm like, okay, who's, who's winning this round? Again, you don't have to like remember guys it's it's three rounds or five rounds you have to win five the first round second round or third round if you get in two of those rounds you win the fight and i thought Moret won two rounds that's what it comes down to if you scored the fight as a whole aj i would have scored it for your mouth but we're not scoring fights as a whole in north america in one championship we do which makes it a little bit different anyways 100%. let's talk about bellator 257 all right how about that let's do it do it i'm gonna pull it up here just it's just easier because again a lot of these guys are very unknown um but there's some good fights on the prelims here. I'm going to pull up the odds and we'll get into them. So again, you know, some of the prelims are not as, you know, big name, but some of them are on this card. I mean, this card's pretty good. I don't know what you're th like any initial thoughts on the card as a whole. It's pretty good, right? Dude, it is. Yeah. Uh, JJ Wilson getting a step up against yep. Pedro Cavallo, uh, Saul Rogers and Naz Vernell, two guys that were really on, you know, the UFC radar. Brunel is a guy that was looking pretty good there. Yep. Um, you know, even against Arnold Allen, Saul Rogers, a, a former tough standout, just unfortunately visa issues prevented him from, from getting there. Uh, Victor Nemkov, uh, Julia Budd. Yep. Um, yeah, I agree with you. These prelims definitely more so than these last two cards have more experienced fighters. So no doubt um, about it. I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. It's a good card. Let's just start with that fight. You mentioned first fight of the night. I'm surprised it's the first fight of the night. I thought this would be a main card fight. This is a good fight. Mads Burnell against Saul Rogers. And like you mentioned, um, Mads minus one ninety right now and Burnell, uh, sorry, Mads Burnell minus 190, Saul Rogers plus 165. What's your thoughts on this one? I'm sure you broke down this fight because, you know, they're, they're pretty big names, like I would say. What do you think? 
Yeah, I think Brunel's probably the rightful favorite. Um, I think he's the better grappler here. He, he is a really good grappler. I mean, this is just oh, yeah. a guy that unfortunately just kind of ran into some bad luck in the UFC. I mean, he fought Tractor Prezeris in his debut up a weight class, just a terrible matchup for him. And then he beat Mike Santiago. But then the following fight against Arnold Allen, he was doing really well there up until he wasn't. And uh, Sal Rogers, uh, a capable grappler, but I actually think it'll be in, in his best interest to keep this fight standing here. That's probably where he'll excel the most. So I tend to agree with this fight being competitive. If Rodgers beats him, it wouldn't be like this, oh my goodness, I'm so surprised with this upset type of scenario. But I tend to think that Brunel should be a solid favorite. And like you said, this is a great fight for a prelims. I mean, this is yeah. hard worthy. So This is like a UFC caliber fight, I think. I really do. Like These guys could both be in the UFC. They are two good fighters. But I'm with you, man. I like Brunel in this fight. It's just, again, styles, right? This guy's mm -hmm. dominant with his grappling guys. Like He really is good. That fight with Arnold Allen you mentioned, he was on his way to winning that fight and got choked out in the third round. I don't think Sal Rogers has that in him. So if this guy's holding him down for the fight, he's probably going to win it. So the line is, AJ, the line's low. Minus 190. I think it could be higher. What did it open at? Um, I think it opened higher. I thought I saw it like much higher. Mm -hmm. Opened at minus 250. So the mm -hmm. money, I guess, is coming in on Rogers. I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at Burnell here at minus 190. I think that's that's decent, you know, so... Anything under that two to one mark, but again, you know, like you said, it's going to be a competitive fight. We know it's going to be competitive, but you got to pick a winner. You can't be like, oh, these fights are competitive. We can't pick a winner. You got to pick a winner. We both like Burnell, I think. So we'll take a look at it. AJ, I, I can't get my bets out either. We can give our, you know, our reads on the fights, obviously. But uh, AJ does work for what's the website again, AJ? Uh, DailyFanMMA.com. There you go. There you go. So you had his stuff there, but again, he's giving his thoughts on it. We both favor Burnell to win that fight. Now, how about this fight, Lance Gibson uh, Jr. versus Marcus Cern? If I'm not mistaken, um, she like Julia Bud is they train together or something, right? Gibson MMA, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're both in the same camp, they're both in the same card. Her and his father, Lance Gibson Sr. I can't remember, but is Julia with him? I think she was for a while. I they may be still together. They could be. I can't remember, but uh yeah, I mean it's worth noting that they're training they're fighting on the same card and they train together. Mm -hmm. And you know, not surprisingly, he's a huge favorite now. AJ, I don't know if you noticed the opening line for this fight, though. They they did not get it right um, because they opened CERN at minus 150 and Gibson Jr. at plus 120. My God, if you got Lance Gibson at plus money in this spot, line of the century. I'm just looking at the line right now. See the, Oh, yeah, just nosedived right away, nosedived. And right now we wow. have minus 600. Wow, that's crazy, eh? Um, sorry, yeah. minus, minus 500 uh, and plus 400. Yeah, I mean, this guy's going to roll. Like, this is an easy pick. I don't know what they were thinking with that one. What's your thoughts? Yeah, he probably goes out here and wins. Um, he's a, another 3-0 and guy, so I would like to see him develop a little bit more. But, uh, yeah, I think training with Bud uh, yeah. is a good look. Um, I think he rolls. Big favorite. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and this guy's AJ, he's 39 years old, and he hasn't fought in, like, two years. You know, come on, guys. Like, this is obvious what they're doing here. I don't really know why the odds makers open Serum as the favorite. That one really doesn't – it's kind of confusing me. Maybe it was – um, maybe it's a mistake. That's the only thing I think of. Was that a mistake? Because otherwise it's – but even if it was, like, why would they only open – like, just say it was flipped. Why would Gibson Jr. only be minus 150, right? Like, he should have been, mm -hmm. like, minus three, 400. At minus 500, their value, not really. That's, like, that's probably overpriced. You know, it's not really someone looking at this price. Having said that, AJ, if he was plus 120 – I would tell us both to bet on right now because that'd be an amazing bet. But yeah, yeah, that's not happening. All right, how about this fight? This is a good one. We got uh, this is a fun fight. Pedro Carvalho and JJ Wilson. Um, odds for this one, I think, are very competitive. Yeah, JJ is a small favorite, minus one twenty-five, and uh, Pedro Carvalho plus one hundred five. So 
basically a pickup fight slight lean towards the younger younger fighter here and uh, JJ thoughts on this one yeah it's a big step up for for JJ um but because uh, we know Carvello has been so tested he's been in there with uh Pitbull uh Sam Cecilia Derek Campos yeah. but uh Wilson's gonna be the you know he's like the the prospect here he's gonna have a bit of reach advantage the younger fighter as well um and what I say about like these sort of matchups in general like people want like these sort of like clear-cut answers like will, will the veteran win or the, will the prospect win and I always just say like yeah I have a lean here but I don't know for a fact we just don't really know if they're ready until we actually see them in there we saw Jack Shore in a big step up in competition against Hunter Azure um a lot of us knew that he had all the skills to win that matchup it was just a matter of is Azure too athletic too strong for him and we saw Shore still went out there he got some resistance but he pushed through it he won the fight so um, and we see this all the time with, with prospects and veterans. Sometimes the veterans win, sometimes the prospects win. But this will give us a measuring stick as to how good Wilson is because we know how tested Carvalho is. So I love this booking. I like the fight. You know, I would favor Wilson too a little bit just because the age, a little bit younger. And like you said, he's got that reach advantage, which helps. I think this kid's really good, man. And there was that one fight he had. Uh, was it Claxton, I think? Is that the guy's name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This fight was so close and people were pissed off because this guy won as a big dog, right? He's plus 200. Not big, but decent. I don't think people knew how good he was, and now he's a big favorite. Look, minus 600, his last, last fight. Now he's his pick him price here, so it's price right if you like him. I'll tell you that. Um, have to, I'd have to look into it a little bit more, but I, in general, I, I, I'm not convinced Carvalho is a great fighter, honestly, and I think that – I think JJ could be. You know, you'd be betting on his upside, though, AJ, because we really haven't seen enough of him. But you're bet, it's an upside play, and I think that, that's a play you can make sometimes in MMA. Um, for instance, last week I bet on Mackenzie Derns, an upside play. You know, the age advantage, um, just the improvements I'd seen from a fight to fight. That's another thing we talked in MMA. We have to do a lot of guessing, AJ. What's is this guy going to improve or is he going to regress? And it happened every fight. We have to, we have to, you know, refigure that. It, it's that makes the sport hard to bet on, but it also makes it so much fun to break down the fights, man. Because absolutely, you, you got to take a kind of a guess, an educated guess on what way one guy's going. And I, in this case, I feel like JJ's kind of going this way, uh, AJ. And I feel like, um, Pedro's kind of on the downside, although let's be fair to him. I mean, he lost to a good fighter, an amazing fighter in Pitbull. It's just that I, I think what I've seen from JJ, he's got some good skills. But again, he's untested, right? Like, what yeah. happens if you can't get takedowns and the fight stays in the feet? Then what? You know? So that's the problem here. That's the risk with it. All mm-hmm. right. How about this fight? Victor Nemkov and Carl Albertson. Uh, Nemkov is Vadim Nemkov's brother, so it's worth mentioning that. Right now, odds for this one, uh, yeah, Nemkov minus 175, uh, Albertson plus 155. Any thoughts on this fight? Yeah, Albertson's one of these guys that's just like really tested. He's been in there with Davis and uh, 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 Vadim Nemkov. I don't know what's trying to blank, but uh, he beat Vadim. I mean, it was a while ago, and I think Vadim's gotten a lot better since. But um, he's definitely, you know, a a very tested guy. You know, you see Yuri Prohoshka right there as well, uh, Valentine Moldovsky, who's a beast. Um, so this is uh, this is an interesting booking. Um, I think the odds are rightfully close for a reason. Um, we'll, we'll see. I, Elbrickson, just kind of like to your point about the previous fight, I think his arrow might be pointing down. I'm not exactly sure, but just kind of like just some recent results maybe make me think that. I know his yeah. age is still uh, – he's still very young, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked uh, either way here with, with who wins. Yeah, this is a tough one, honestly. This is tough. Um, Nemkov, I'm pretty familiar with him, man. I mean, I've, I watched M1 back in the day. My boy Vinny Mogulas – Submitted him with a Google Platter. If you if you can find a video now in Asia, that's a fun one to watch. So yeah, Vinny was he he was great back then. But uh, anyways, the point is like this guy's been around forever. Like he's been fighting a long time against good competition. AJ M one, and now he's in Bellator. He was in PFL before. But this layoff does bother me. The two year layoff. That's something to keep in mind. 
I don't know. He's also 34 years old and this guy's only 27, right? So that's always something to keep in mind. He's been fighting a little bit more frequently lately. Yeah. I don't know, man. This is a tricky one. I think I feel like it's almost dog or pass, but I don't know. It's a tough fight to call. I don't have a ton of interest betting on it. I feel like it's closer than the odds are indicating. Would you, would you agree with that? Or do you think the odds are, are, are justified? I would lean that they're more justified. I wouldn't really, Fair it enough. doesn't yeah, really I, that much. I don't have a ton of interest in betting on it. Like I'm almost trying to convince myself the dog has a shot here. He might, but again, I'd rather bet on something that I had like more of a, of a good feeling about. You know what I mean, AJ? Again, we don't have to, there's 13 fights in this card. We don't have to bet on all 13 of them. This one I'll just watch. Exactly. That's how yeah. I feel every card. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> all right. Raymond Daniels and Peter Stayonic. All right. So did you watch the first fight between the two guys? <laughs> no, I didn't. Please it tell. It was the worst <laughs> groin kick I've ever seen in my life. The poor guy got absolutely blasted. I think it was twice. It was a no contest, right? Where is it? Yeah. It was brutal. Like one of those bru- – and the worst part was he threw a low kick and then a second layer threw another one and blasted this dude. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully this guy's nuts are okay now because, man, he took him hard. And then – uh I mean, imagine getting back kick, spinning back kick by Raymond Daniels in the nuts. Like that would hurt really bad, right? Oh, it was that fight. I do yeah. remember this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And he he yeah, went yeah. down. He was like crying and stuff. Like it was really bad. It was one of the worst I've ever seen. Anyways, uh, the odds for this fight, guys, very close. Or sorry, I think they opened close. Excuse me. Yeah, they opened. Wow, they opened Stanek as the favorite and Daniels as the underdog. And now the line has flipped again. Um, Daniels is minus three hundred. Stanek plus two four. I again, why would they open this guy as the favorite? That's very weird. Don't get it. Hmm. What are you thinking, AJ? What are you thinking this one? I think Raymond Daniels rolls, man. I mean, he should, right? What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I think Raymond Daniels uh, – or excuse me. No, I, I think uh, uh, St- uh, Staniak, excuse me, or what's his name? I think Peter rolls. Uh, oh, really? Favorite. Yeah. He's a big favorite. No, nah, man. He's a big – these odds are wrong. These are wrong are, here. He's, he's a huge underdog, bro. He's plus 240. Oh, is that um, right? My yeah. Bad. But it's okay. They, they actually – like if you – I'm going to show you guys a line one sec. Um, let me show you guys this. Look at this line. So we'll, we're going to look at this together and try to figure out what happened here. But look at the line. Look, it just those guys. Something happened. Maybe today this happened. I don't know if they correct. They must have corrected the line. That's what happened. They opened yeah. the bad line. Yeah, they corrected it. So that's wrong on topology, guys. I don't look at that for odds, by the way. That I never do. So, but yeah, Daniels is a big favorite here, AJ. So then I picked Daniels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, know, I don't. I know you don't have a huge interest betting it, but. Raymond Daniels is an amazing striker. Like, he's really good at striking. The problem is, this is an MMA fight, right? So, there's risk in that, but he should put this guy away, I would assume. Andre, what's up, man? What's up, buddy? Keep great work. Been on fire with your picks. Dude, I've been killing it, man. AJ's been killing it, too. So, it's been good, man. You know, AJ, like, the more I study, the more I love the sport, and the more picks I get right now, you know? Because I'm studying my ass off, guys. Like, in my free time, I'm watching tape. I'm reading about these guys. I'm, I'm trying to get any bit of information I can to make a more educated pick. And that's what you got to do, right, AJ? Leave no stone unturned, right? We did talk about that, I think, the first podcast I had you on with me. All right, let's yeah. go back to these fights, guys. Yeah, but Raymond Daniels should win. Again, those odds on Tapology are wrong. They mm-hmm. they flipped today. So, again, it must have been a bad line and the books corrected it because it didn't make sense that he opened as a big favorite anyways. Okay, this fight, um, Gratchik Bazinian versus Demarcus Jackson. This guy's a, a he's a Stanford guy, Jackson. So that's something that right away you got to look at. And he's only minus one fifty, and Boisean's plus one thirty. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this fight, but he is a, a fighter from Stanford MMA. So you know where I'm going with that, AJ. Yeah, yeah. Stanford's been red hot right now. Uh, Boisean's been kind of like an underdog pick of the week. Um, I mean, it's not something that I want to bet on in this in this uh, fight on this card, but uh, you know, yeah. Could he make it close? I guess he could. I mean, he's. 
pulling up his resume, he fought Austin Vanderford, very talented fighter. Um, I wouldn't be shocked with an upset here. I mean, there, I think it's always more interesting when we have Bellator cards where like there's not 10 favorites that are minus a thousand. And the fact that this fight is competitive from the betting odds, um, I just think uh, it's just a more interesting opportunity that we see just a, a more competitive fight, not just somebody that's minus a thousand going out there and just, you know, doing what the odds suggest they can. I always like uh, fights that are more interesting like this. I love pick them fights. Like, I like close up, closely lined fights. I find them way more interesting. I don't know though. Like, I mean, just the fact alone that he trains at Sanford makes me want to like bet on him, but I don't know enough about him yet. Have to look a little bit more into these guys. Um, but uh, yeah, like you said, he's kind of like the, what the Twitter darling of the week is. The, would you say that? Yeah. Doesn't yeah. That, does that worry you sometimes though, AJ? Cause like all that, everyone kind of gets hive mind a little bit sometimes, right? Does that ever worry you a little bit? I mean, I think we just kind of fall victim to the fact that we always remember the times where everybody was on one side and it loses um, and it kind of prevented us from doing it in the future. But there's plenty of times sure. we're all on the same side and it comes through. But um, uh, one thing, interesting note that I pointed out is um, to be successful in this game, you don't necessarily need to be right all the time, but it's being right when most aren't. You were on Mackenzie Dern when a lot of people were on Ansaroff. And I, I didn't bet I didn't bet that fight. Not I bet the overprop, but I I picked Ansaroff to win. And the fact that you were you were on Dern is very impressive. I mean, people will remember that for sure. Yeah, no, I, like I said, it was an upside play for me and – I want to bet on a dog. Like, there's always going to be a dog that wins. She was someone that I thought had a really good chance, and she did. She pulled it through. I had a good week last week, AJ. I went six and one. The only loss was Ignacio. Close fight. He ended up losing. That's okay. No worries. But it was mm-hmm. still a successful night. Um, let's talk about this fight. <laughs> I mean, Steve Mowry and Sean Asher. Look at the odds for this one, AJ. We just talked about. We don't want these kind of fights. And this guy's minus a thousand. Um, like, does this guy have any chance? Does he have a puncher's chance? <laughs> <laughs> Sean, of course, he's got it. Of course, he's got a chance. I mean, I never, we, we never use that, that L word or, or 41 years old. <laughs> oh yeah. God. I mean, it, it seems, you know, it seems very likely that uh, Maori here is, is going to go out here and do his thing. Um, yeah. This guy's fought Misha Serkinov. Yeah. Was I remember that fight. It was, in, it was in Canada, Hard Knocks. Yeah. He, he finished him. Interesting. That's the one, that's the fight I know him from. So I, I'm kind of familiar with this guy. Like, he's a big heavyweight. He could, he's like that guy on the UFC last week, uh, Harry Hunsucker, right? Like, he can knock out these bombs on the regional scene, but when you step up to fight, a guy like Steve Mowry, I mean, AJ, like this guy, everything I've heard from this dude, 20 years old, I think he, he's also at Sanford. And I mean, the guy's a beast. Like all his wins are by stoppage. He's been destroying everyone in his way. He's going to win this fight. You know, the, the question is, is he finished or not? I would say yes. I would say yes. What do you think? Finish? Eileen, yeah. I mean, most of his wins are by finish, so I would do it that way. <laughs> oh, yeah. man, the odds on it. Minus 675. The fight doesn't go the distance. Of course. <laughs> Of course, right. the under oh, oh wow, under one and a half is minus two twenty five. That is really high. I wouldn't lay that yeah. guys on one and a half rounds because it might go over one and a half. I doubt it, but that's risky. I think because just say it did, just say this guy toughed it out a little bit and he you know finished him at the end of the second round. You'd be like, why did I do that? So yeah, this guy should roll. Honestly, I'd, I'd rather play that prop than you know him um, straight up probably because I think he does just like finish this guy pretty quick. What's the odd? Mallory inside the distance is minus 420. I mean, that's a better price for a guy that should roll here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have a ton of interest in a minus 1,000 favorite. i got to be honest. In a heavyweight fight too, AJ, that's the other thing. One punch can end the night, right? Like, this guy could be winning the fight and just get hit with one punch. And how many times have we seen that in heavyweight? Like, a lot. Having yeah. said that, stylistically, he's probably going to take this dude down and beat the hell out of him and finish him quick. Probably. Mm-hmm. So, the juice is probably justified in that line, but under – under one and a half at minus two twenty five. I mean, that is 
you're only getting seven minutes like for these guys to work like that is that's kind of scary all right let's go to this fight julia budd and diana silva odds for this one i think they opened lower they opened at minus oh my god i i feel like did you say that you got in on her or something was it you that said that someone told me they got in her quick because she opened at minus 220 and now she's minus minus 1200 oh man minus 1250 she opened at minus 220 now she's minus 1250 the other girls plus 800 i mean that was another line that wow that was way too low like i i don't know what what's your thoughts on this we expect her to roll too yeah, yeah, I think Julia Budd rolls here. Um, I, you know what matchup I think makes a lot of sense here. I mean, Silva's got a chance, of course, but if Julia Budd wins, I actually think her versus Kat Sangano would be very that would be a good fight. Yep. Um, and then the winner of that fight could fight Cyborg for the belt after Cyborg fights uh, Leslie Smith. So, um, yeah, I mean Silva, like she is like a Muay Thai black belt. She seems she doesn't seem like super dangerous. I, I think Bud's just a better striker than her, um, and probably a better grappler as well. So. That should help Bud win. Um, Bud probably, um, you know, she's a, she's a finisher. I wouldn't put it past her to get a finish, but uh, Silva seems really tough. So I guess either outcome wouldn't surprise me. But uh, yeah, you're pulling it up right here. She was on yeah. the Contender Series. But yeah, Moises um, on the same card, head kick. Yeah, P- Paiva. That that stuck out to me. That that episode, Carolina, even in the UFC. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not, <laughs> like all these other massive favorites. There's not too much to say. I think Bud wins. Um, yeah, like to see her fight Singano if she if she wins. I think that makes sense. Well, it's like this girl has a win over Carol Rosas. I just said she had a loss to her and a win. Oh, she had a loss and a win, but she got knocked down the rematch. Maybe she's pretty good. They they passed on her. Anyways, yeah, there was there was a lot of fighters from that early season of the contender series. Um, that Brazilian season, they had that one. I think it was like four or five episodes. They signed a mm-hmm. lot of fighters from it. I think Johnny Walker was on it too, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah. uh, Kevin said, "Don't think the damn line is incorrect. Every book has the same giant move. I don't know what happened. Yeah, that's weird as hell, man. But it was obviously wrong. I mean, David Raymond Daniel should be a big favorite there. That's weird." Um, yeah, Bud's going to roll in this fight, I think, for sure. Again, you know, big favorite, so it's risky. But, yo, damn, under two and a half rounds is plus 165. That's crazy because I think she could have a finish in this fight. It's possible. She mm-hmm. finishes a lot of her fights, right? Like, I would say a plus money. That's something you could look at. She didn't win her. Yeah, she wins decisions too. I don't know, AJ. I'm just saying, like, I actually would rather bet on the plus money there for a finish, personally, but. You know, she should roll. She should roll and destroy this guy, I would say. At the current line, I agree with you. Because we uh, we were talking about with, like, Zingano yes. last week as such a big favorite. So, yeah. like, anytime there's, like, a wide skill gap, even if, like, one fighter is historically pretty tough to finish, there could just be a finish just based on the skill gap. Um, the, the, the Zingano finish did not happen like how I thought it was. I thought Zingano was just going to get the re-naked choke when she had her back. But it took a reversal, and then she threw up the arm bar and. Yep. Hey, by by the whatever they say, by any means necessary. Oh, of right? course, so. <laughs> I think you would have got that. I mean, that was pretty early. You would have had that one, but uh, yeah, like you said, this girl's lost all her fights by decision, right? So everyone's kind of thinking mm-hmm. that maybe she'll be tough enough. I don't know, man. This if Julia Bug gets on top of her and just rains on blows, or maybe gets a submission, she'll finish this fight quick. So I would like again. We talked about with, um, last week, AJ, with that fight. In these fights with these massive favorites. Often not, it seems like they finished their fight, especially in Bellator. So that's an angle I would look at that fight, guys. I do expect Bud to roll regardless. Okay, let's get to the uh, well, last prelim, actually. This is a really good fight, too. So Julius and Glickis and Gregory Miller, again, huge odds on this one. Um, Glickis minus 900, plus 600, Milliard, uh, excuse me. This guy is a really good fighter, and I don't know why they passed on him. I don't get it why the UFC passed on this guy. He's very good. He won his fight in the contender series, AJ, by submission. In the third round, they passed on him. And since then, he's won two fights in Bellator. I think he's very good. 
And I heard that he would be the next alternate in line if someone gets injured or sick or something in the tournament. So, man, I think this guy is uh, is really good. So what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, um, I think he rolls. But the thing with these guys, uh, the, it, you could look at it two ways, right? Like, may, like maybe he's ready for that test, but maybe he's not. It could be in his best interest here to, if they just give him a little bit more seasoning, even though he's looked great. Um, you know, because you don't want to – like we saw Aaron Pico, what happened there. Like you just – you don't want to rush these guys too quick. Um, but, you know, he's 29. I understand your point. He is – if there is a time, it's it's getting close. So um, – I hope he is one of those guys that they, if there is somebody that, that, you know, has to step out, hopefully this guy could, could be one that steps in because right, that, that heavyweight tournament as we visited is uh, ultra competitive. Um, this is crazy. Like, I remember watching this card. Like I remember watching this one and this guy was on the card. Are you kidding me? This, so this guy fought at Bellator like 59, 68 years ago. He also fought in TKO. Damn, that's crazy. Look at this dude. So he, I remember this card, Eric Prino. Have you ever seen this one, AJ? Eric Prino versus Tiago Santos. This guy, he got kicked in the nuts so hard, and he went on Twitter the next day and posted a picture of his balls. This guy Eric Pringle, that oh was like year, 2012, I want to say 2011. Yeah, I remember like I did this story on. They're like, they're like, okay, do this story, and I'm like, I don't want to see this guy's Twitter. I really don't. <laughs> that was disgusting. But anyways, same night, Eduardo Dantes he had a fight, marching held. Look at these guys. Like this is a, you know, Patrick Pitbull, Doctor Kurt Pellerino. So this dude's been around longer than expected. Look at this card, TKO 34. Wow, that's crazy. So. All right, I got to give this guy a little bit more respect, I think, than I initially looked at, AJ, because he's been around forever. Like, even this card, look, Steve Bossy was in the UFC for a while, and that's so that's crazy. Mike Ricci. It's always cool when you look back. Like, I always say to everyone, you know, like, I'm doing a lot more of the, the regional scene stuff now. Like, everyone has to start somewhere. You always have to start – you can't just start in the UFC, right, AJ? You start mm -hmm. somewhere. So, yeah, I mean, this guy's old, though. That's the problem here. He's going to get finished, guys, let's be honest. What's the problem by finish? I'm trying to give the guy props, and I'm like, you're going to get knocked out, bro. What's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> Inside the distance is minus 150 on him. I mean, I would say that's how it, it finishes. Again, it's the same thing as last fight. I would rather take that that shot on that prop, AJ, than take the shot on uh, minus 900. You know, for that's that's me personally, though. I'm not sure what you think about that. I think that makes a lot of sense because, well, and it's a uh, it's at a reasonable price, and there could just be like it could be an example of recency bias, right? Like these uh, one decisions, right? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Ngano was coming off a decision win, and that's why I kind of thought those odds were a little bit. I mean, the opener was like one of those openers we just talked about. It was like plus one seventy for under two and a half rounds. I wish I got it in that, but um, yeah, <laughs> you, you you could capitalize on spots like that off of like recency bias because if it's a fighter that's been to decision generally, but if the match it makes sense for them to finish, then you know, yep. plus money, I, it's worth it. It's worth a consideration. I don't think this guy's gonna have the cardio to go three rounds. I really don't. I think he's gonna finish this guy. That's what my guess is. Andre, I need to get better with film study props, you guys. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's the biggest change I made. Because if you see me, if you if you look at the odds breaker standings, AJ, I was like, I think I was in last place like two months ago, and I was like, holy crap, this is not me. What's going on here? And I realized I really need to make that commitment to studying the film. You know, that's really what it comes down to, guys. And I'm, you know, yeah, sometimes I don't want to do it because it takes a lot of time and it, it, it's, it's draining, but that's how you get the edge, man. You have to actually do it yourself, you know? So it's worth it, man. It's worth it. I know you're a big proponent of the two, AJ, watching the tape, right? Yeah, dude. I tripped up a lot last year. I was like on a bad skid and it really forced me to yes. uh, really like up my process, up my game, look at the film more. And, um, you know, I was like discouraged about it at first, but like, I'm happy that it happened to me because if it didn't happen to me, I wouldn't have been able to make that adjustment. So um yeah the film is important it's something that not everybody wants to do but if you want to save yourself some time i just take notes and like i'll yeah. just add to my note sheet as like i do more film 
So like for this UFC card, I just like watch one or one fight of like the fighters I'm more familiar with. Um, so it's not, it's not like this. Uh, I mean, it's, it still does take time to your point, but I, I don't feel like I'm like wasting time if I'm watching it, if that makes sense. No, no, of course not. Yeah. No, I don't feel like it's like a waste of time, but it's time consuming for sure. Um, but I'm with you. I take notes every time now. So it's, it's getting to that point where like I have a note sheet almost with like different fighters and notes I add, but I always feel like almost it's good to like look at the fights again, especially comparing like, you know, it doesn't matter what fight it is, but watching fighter A's fights and then immediately watching fighter B's fights. Cause I feel like that's a really good way of kind of like getting um, a good kind of feel for how the fight might go in your head. So that's just me though. Um, someone's calling me. Who's that? I don't know. Fake number. <laughs> Let's go to this fight. Main car time. Veta Artiega versus Desiree Yanez. This, okay. This is close to the line. <laughs> Literally it's a pick them minus 110 each. So give me your thoughts. Dude, I, I literally have no idea on this fight. Like, you watch the film, and it's just like, I have no idea who wins. Like, yeah. Veda, I mean, yeah, on paper, it's nice that she fought Lara and McFarlane, but, like, those are one-sided fights. Let's just be honest here. Like, I, she's really tough, and she's yeah. aggressive. Like, Desiree is, too. And um, I just – it's so – like, Desiree, she seems to excel as a grappler or, like, in the clinch, but I just don't know – it's so hard. Like any of these regional fighters that like we just haven't seen them in Bellator or UFC, you just don't even know if they're ready for that level yet just because we don't know how good these fighters are that they're facing. Like, so it just creates a this huge like unknown risk with just maybe she goes out here and looks like a big favorite. Maybe she goes out here and looks like a big underdog. We don't really know. And so uh, the margin for error here is wide, I think. But at the same time, I agree with the odds being close just because there are so many variables here that are just very hard to quantify. And if I was an odds maker, I would probably open up the blind and pick them too. I literally have no idea who wins this fight. Uh, I slightly lean Veda just, I guess, because she's more experienced. She's fought better comp, but like, um, it's a, it's really close, man. It really is. Yeah. It's like stylistically, like they're kind of like close to each other. Right. So yeah. it makes it tricky to kind of predict the lines pretty much accurate. I'm with you though. I would lean towards Veda a little bit, man, because she has fought way better competition, you know, mm -hmm. but like you said, she got beat up by them, right? So just because she fought them doesn't mean that, you know, she's so, she's so good, but I do feel like she would take away some lessons from those fights, hopefully. But I mean, this is a, this is a tricky spot guys. It really is. Um, they both haven't fought in almost two years too. I mean, that's another thing to keep in mind. So I, I feel like I could, AJ's saying he's passing on this one. <laughs> is that right, AJ? Yeah. Hey, I mean, I, you guys, I mean, I just, I never want to bet on fights where, I, like you said, there's just, you want to have fights that you just feel good about. Like, I don't want to yeah. just throw flyers out there. I mean, you could do that in DFS. If you're a DFS guy, I mean, you could take chances all day. You could, I mean, game theory suggests that you could just take shots on anybody, right? It's just a matter of how much exposure you want to them, how many lineups you're making, et cetera. So if I'm going a little crazy with like the dart throws, I would more so do that in DFS rather than what I would do yeah. in, in a betting scenario. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so I, I think we both lean towards Artiga, but it's close. All right, Paul Daly versus Sabo Masi. It's at 175, which is – I don't know why Bellator does these catchweight fights. Like, it's kind of weird to me. Anyways, um, I mean, it's a good fight, man. Great fight. Odds are pretty competitive. Minus 185 for Paul Daly, plus 165 for uh, Masi. So what are you thinking? Your Semtex or the Sleek Sheik? Yeah, um, one thing I quickly – so I was listening to an interview with Daly yesterday. Uh, I think the MMA Junkie tweeted it out. Like he said that unless if he is able to fight at 175 going forward or unless if he gets like a, a title shot or some great opportunity in the near future, 
um, this could be his last fight. This could be his retirement fight. And um, it's really interesting. I mean, cause I didn't like, it was one of those things. Like I didn't really, it didn't really hit me until I was researching daily. The dude has fought over 60 times professionally and now he's 38. Yep. Um, he's famously durable, famously has a ton of power. Um, <laughs> this fight is, is so interesting because they both have animosity towards one another. And so it could be a banger. Um, I bet on Hamasi against Millinder. I just, even though Daly, we know that that's kind of his kryptonite with like the defensive wrestling and everything. I just, Hamasi's cardio makes me nervous, man. So like Daly may, may get taken down, but maybe he just gets up and Hamasi gets tired and then Daly just knocks him out. Um, the retirement talk it gives me some pause on the Daly side, but um, I agree with him being a big favorite. Um, they're both athletic and fast, but we've seen Hamasi knocked out multiple times. I tend to think that uh, Daly's a bigger finishing threat here. Um, probably has better cardio. I mean, Daly doesn't have like elite cardio, but like he doesn't like gas ever, if that really makes sense. Um, but yeah, he's got holes in his game. We saw the Eric Silva fight. I bet on him there, but it was like a sweat in round one because he got taken down and got his back taken. So Daly's always, he's always been like one of these guys that like, he's very reliant on knocking people out, but at that side, he's great at it. He's got 33 professional wins by, uh, by knockout. So, um, his style has, has got him a, a lot of wins. Uh, you're looking here over 40 wins professionally. That's very impressive. So he's always a fun guy to watch. A, a win over Larkin is super impressive. Yeah, he's a beast. I mean, he really is. It's just a shame what happened. I don't know if you ever saw that fight. You ever see the fight with Josh Koshak where he punched him after the bell? You ever seen that, Adrian? Yeah. One mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dana White was so pissed off and it cut him right away. But, I mean, I think that was a huge mistake. Because he ended up having a – look at the beat. Look, he beat Mazadol two fights later after he got cut. You know, I know that's a different Mazadol, but, like, that's just the point is, like, look at – he's fought everyone. Nick Diaz, Tyra Woodley. Like, he's been around forever. And what I like about him, he's still winning fights, you know. So I got a lot of respect for this guy, man. Like, he's been around forever, and he's still winning fights, guys. Like, it's incredible. I remember him 10 years ago. I really do. So what he's doing now at age 38, and he's still beating guys. Like, it was just – well, it was four years ago now, AJ, but still, that's an impressive win, right? Mm -hmm. I have okay. a lot of concerns about Hamasi's chin too. I mean, we saw him in the UFC get chin checked three times. Once the one fight was a really bad stoppage by Herb Dean. I'm sure you've seen that one. Very early stoppage, but the other two were legit and his chin worries me. He's been knocked out a bunch of times. I lean towards Daly in this fight, guys. Um, but I will say this. I have a feeling it might be more grappling-based fight than people are expecting it to be. I don't know if it's gonna be a stand-up brawl, AJ. I feel like Hamasi's gonna press the wrestling, and I feel like Daly. He looked pretty good in the wrestling department against Michael Page, I thought, you know? So he might be willing to kind of grapple a little bit more than we expect in this fight. I'm not sure you're thinking about that. Like, do you just think it's going to be a brawl, or do you think they're going to grapple a little bit more? Well, I, I think Omasi could look to grapple. I, I mean, I just – I think that's a more clear path to victory for him. Uh, Daly, it was nice that he did that against MVP, but, like, um, I mean, the following fight against Eric Silva, he was still taken down there twice from the body lock and, and controlled – um, so I, I think that Daly's going to try and try and stand and bang. Um, maybe he, he feels it's his last hurrah wants to end with a knockout. I, I don't really know, but, um, I tend to think that if there's a fighter more willing to grapple here, it would be Homasi. I just think yeah. it makes more sense stylistically. I'm with you. And gets because Kevin's comment. I feel bad for Homasi victim of the worst early stop in history. I still think the worst one was, there's been a few bad ones. Um, but Ankalev and Kutalaba was pretty bad. I mean, that was that was really bad. Remember that one, AJ, the first one? That was last year? 
Yeah, but you want to know what's ironic about both of those fights? It's just like when they had the rematch, the one the same guy won, but just like it was like the they didn't need match. to do that fight again. They really we already knew he was going to win the rematch. That was that was <laughs> that was stupid that they like booked it like five times. But anyways, yeah. that was bad. But I mean, you know what? Like I feel like the ones that are by submission are are, are pretty bad too. Like uh, the Drew Dober, the Andrew Silva, I think that's the guy's name. Remember that fight where he gets him in a choke. Drew Dober's in top control. He just puts his arm around his head, and the referee stopped the fight. It was so mm-hmm. bad that they overturned it. Even though they usually will back the ref, the British Commission overturned it. And then the other one was uh, you in Vancouver, UFC 115. I think Eves Levine was the ref, and Eves is a pretty good ref, but there was a fight between Mac Danzig and Matt Wyman, and he, again, put his arm around for a choke, and the referee stopped it, and the guy was – he wasn't out. That's that's a risk. But, you know, it's it's such a hard job, a referee, you know. Like, it's a split-to-second decision. I try not to give them too much shit because I think it's a pretty tough job. But sometimes, like that Homasi, the Herb Dean, he was the ref in that. But Herb Dean has really slipped up lately. Like, I feel like he's off his game. Okay. Um, I got this question quickly from Prozac Nation. Hey, what's going on, man? Did you get a prediction for Asker and Ben, ben already? Obviously, we'll give it in a few minutes. We're just going to have two more fights and we'll give it. We've got 15 minutes left of the show. All right, let's get to this fight. Two more fights, AJ. Corey Anderson versus, uh, let me try it again. Dolvechan Yajimuradov. That's it. Yajimuradov. Mar- Thanks, Ben. Marcel. Gave me some good pronunciation. You know what's funny? When um, this guy Jason Floyd went follow on Twitter, he said he mess. He he's, uh, used to be really close to the Belter guys. I don't know what's going on now. He, but he said he emailed them, didn't respond back. He was asking about the pronunciation. <laughs> he's like, "How do I pronounce this guy's name?" So they really should have put that in the media guy. But anyways, Corey Anderson versus Dol Dolvechen Yagjimurdov. I'm getting good at it now. Corey Anderson minus one seventy five in the Russian <laughs> plus one fifty five. Actually, sorry, he's not Russian. He's Turkmenistan. Ah, oh, I, I can't get anything right with this guy. Give me your thoughts on this little man. I mean, this is a, this is a good fight, guys. Five round fight, by the way. It's five rounds, so we got to note that right away. What's your thoughts, dude? You want to know what I realized with this light heavyweight tournament is like all these guys are are really good wrestlers, except for Machida. Machida was the only guy that did not come from a, a strong wrestling background, and and these guys are obviously no exception. So like, the reason like when you look at tape, it's hard not to think that Anderson's just like better than him and he's got better cardio and better pace but like the reason why we see the odds are the way they are is because like Yakshur Muradov he seems to have big power in his hands I've, I've watched a couple of his knockouts he seems to have that one shot KO power and we've seen with Anderson man it's been the culprit to all of his losses like he gets not he's been knocked out but like even if like going back and watching his fights with like Alir Latifi he lost round one because he got hurt and then even if we want to go back to Mauricio Shogun Hua, he lost a split uh, because he got hurt on two separate occasions in two rounds, and that helped two judges uh, give him the fight or give Hua the fight. So that's always a risk with Anderson because, like, I bet him against Blahovitz, and like, um, it just it's always like anytime, and it's it's one of those fights that was like a lesson learned. Like, I, I want to bet on fighters from here on out that I have faith in their durability and cardio for 15 minutes that could hold up. And just like if the fighter just looks so good out there, but if they just if they just can't take a big shot from the opposition, then that that could be the fight. And I think that's kind of why the odds are the way they are. It's like, yeah, Anderson should go out there and look like the favorite as long as he doesn't get hurt. But him getting hurt is also like a legit possibility. And I also think uh, Yakshur Madov can, uh, if I'm saying that right, could have success with some low kicks here. Um, he throws them hard. Anderson stands heavy on the lead leg. I mean, um, he's got other ways to win, but I, I generally think he's more of a. a Got to win this fight by knockout. I think Anderson's more alive to win a decision, but um, 
Anderson might be able to eat, uh, might even be able to finish him if if Yagshur Muradov gets tired. I saw him gas in that uh, Butorin fight in round four. There kind of got bailed out by a takedown. So um, interesting fight. I actually somewhat of a hot take. I think Anderson is debatably not saying this is a sure thing, but debatably the most skilled fighter in this weight class. But I tend to think, you know. Nemkov being having the best chance to win is is justified. The younger, the youngest guy, the fastest guy, um, and, and one of the more durable guys. Even though there are a lot of durable guys in here, like Johnson and Romero and and Davis, so um, very high level fight. Looking forward to it. And then uh, yeah, this in the main event, two Grand Prix, uh, Grand Prix, excuse me, uh, yeah. fights. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's funny. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? This is a good fight, obviously. Corey Anderson, I mean, you got to have a lot of respect for the guy. He surprised me so many times, man. Like, I was shocked when he beat Glover Sure, just completely outgrappled Glover. Like, that was really impressive. And then the fight with Johnny Walker, I mean, I didn't expect that. I don't think a lot of us did. He went there and knocked him out quickly. The fight with Jan, I think I did pick Corey Anderson in that fight, man. I really did, and I, I was surprised. But now I, I'm on the Jan bandwagon, as you guys know. Um, This fight, is, I mean, there's no point in even talking about that fight. It was a joke. It was obviously meant to give him a win against a guy who literally cannot stop a takedown. So... I've got to be honest, man. I'm looking at the dog here, AJ. I am looking at uh, Yagji Muradov. I think he can possibly knock this guy out. I really do. He has so much power in his hands. like, And he's like one of those guys, he hits you hard. Like you go down like a sack of bricks. The problem is I don't have enough information about this stuff. That's what I'm worried about, AJ, because I love looking at that stuff. The reach, the height. I don't know. Like I don't – like is he going to be – big enough like is he is he like a light heavyweight like as big as Corey because Corey Anderson is a big dude with a long reach mm-hmm. and good wrestling so there's risk here but I think of the four fights this one probably has the best chance for an upset of the four quarterfinal fights although one's a pick them but I feel like this guy has a chance because he has a clear path with the knockout power so yeah I think the odds are right I would say they're definitely right Corey should be favored AJ I think that's right but I'm looking at the dog here. So that's my thoughts on it, man. I, I, I was impressed by his tape. I mean, he can wrestle too. That's the thing. He can actually wrestle too. Like he's, he's slammed dudes down. Like he picks them up and slams them down. But again, the level of competition worries me a little bit, right? Like you're taking a guess on this guy. You are taking a guess on him too. Is he as good as these guys in the UFC and Bellator? It's possible. We just saw last week with Demetrius Johnson getting knocked out. Like we saw a good, there are good fighters all over the world, AJ. This guy might be one of them. So I think it's dog or pass, personally. I, I personally do, um, but it's it's risky, too, because, I mean, this guy is definitely unproven at this level. But I, I would say it's dog or pass because I don't trust Corey Anderson's chin at all, Agent. I think if this guy hits him hard, he can finish him quickly. All right. Victor Nemkov, or excuse me, Vadim Nemkov and Phil Davis. Main event of the evening. This is for the belt. It's a rematch. They fought uh, 2017, and Vadim won a split decision. It was a very close fight. I'm sure you watched that one back, AJ. They're going at it again now. And uh, Vadim Nemkov is a decent-sized favorite, minus 210. Phil Davis, Mr. Wonderful, plus 175. Give me your thoughts on this fight, man. Yeah, to go back on, on the Facebook streets to, to find the, the, the replay of the first fight. But uh, got there. Um, yeah, <laughs> you, you know, an interesting stat that I'm sure you came across, but I'm more so saying this for the viewer's sake, is, uh, and, and I most recently came across it, is the fighter that won the first booking that is favored in the rematch tends to win much more often than not. Um, I got to give credit to Odd Shark. I believe they were the one that published that article. But that's an interesting stat. And in that, you know, obviously we just saw Bader beat Machida in a rematch when he lost the first time. So I don't want the people to take that as like, oh, for sure, Nemkov is going to win. Um, I just thought it was an interesting nugget. But um, the takeaways that I saw in the first fight were that Nemkov was just faster. 
and he was throwing more volume. He was really pushing Davis back a lot. And Davis just, you know, he's athletic enough, technical enough to compete with everybody, I think. But he doesn't fight at a high pace. And I'm kind of worried about him regressing. Like, he's 36 now. Um, he's coming off a fight with Machida where he just didn't throw much and just didn't really wrestle when we just saw Bader do the same, th- lay out a blueprint on how to beat Machida, close the distance and wrestle. And so I'm not putting a pass Phil to win this fight. He definitely had his success there at the end of round three. He took uh, Nemkov down and mounted him briefly, threatened with a submission. I mean, it's, it's historically been tough to really blow Davis out of any fight. He's very competitive with anybody, but I actually think there's a chance that this fight will be less competitive than the first fight because I think, like you pointed out earlier with a different fight, I think Nemkov's arrow is pointing up and Davis's arrow is potentially pointing down. I'm not, it's not a sure thing, but like, I think there's a possibility of that based on his age and based on how he looked against Machida. So um, I tend to think Nemkov should be favored, uh, better volume. Um, the five rounds could be interesting. Maybe he gets tired, but I just, I think he's going to be the better round winner here with his uh, more variety, higher pace. Um Davis is very tough to finish. So I wouldn't expect to finish here from Nemkov, but um, it should be one that I think is going to be competitive, but it, it could be very clear in favor of Nemkov. Yeah. You know what? I was at I was at this fight. This was the first UFC I ever saw. UFC 123. The first one I ever went to. I drove with my buddies from Toronto to Detroit. Look at this. 2010. It was the first one I ever saw in person. BJ Penn. I work for his website now. He knocked on Matthews 23 seconds. Wow. On the same card, Phil Davis had this incredible... Did you watch, I don't know if you watched that fight back. But he mm-hmm. had this incredible submission on Tim Boach. It says Kamur here. They called it like a Mr. Wonderful submission at the time. Like it, the Mr. Wonderful bar or something. The Wonder Bar, I think they called it. Like it was this weird-ass submission. I'm going to see if I can find a picture of it. Um, Wonder Bar submission. Let's see if I can find it. It was so crazy. The Mr. Wonderful submission. Um, that's what they're calling it here. Yeah, it's, it's hard to find it right now. It's okay. I'm, it's on Fight Pass. I just can't. If I put the Fight Pass video up, It'll it'll uh, flag the, the, our videos, AJ, and we we won't be able to make any uh, sort of ad money here. So I gotta be careful with that. But yeah, I mean that was a good fight to watch. Anyways, the point is like I'm very familiar with Phil. I've watched him for ten years, and he's a great fighter, man. He is. But I I feel like you know we're gonna take a guess here, AJ, and we're gonna say he's on the decline. I, I really feel like it's a guess. I think he is. He's 36. At some point, he's gonna slow down. This guy's 28 years old. He's an absolute beast. He destroyed Ryan Bader, made him look like an amateur. And he's got some other wins. Like, I mean, it's not as good now, but Philippe Lins a few years ago was a good win. McGeary, you know, I'd like for him to fight more often. He only fights like once, I guess, a year, basically. I'd like for him to fight more often, AJ. But, you know, I think this guy's legit. He is the favorite to win the tournament right now. And I feel like it's probably justified as he is the champion. Um, I like him in the spot. It's all about spots, right? I think this is a good spot. Next round, I have no idea if he can beat whoever wins out of Romero and Johnson. I have no clue. We'll, have to, we'll know more after we see their fights. But, uh, you know, I, I would lean towards Nemkov here, AJ. I think two to one's fair. You know, I think that's a fair price. You're getting a champion-level fighter. And, uh, you know, Phil Davis is good. He's going to make it competitive. That's the thing. He's going to be competitive. I don't think it's going to be a, a blowout. But I think eventually this guy probably gets a decision or – uh, wins by stoppage, maybe. I mean, Phil Davis has never been stopped. That's what gives you a little pause on that, AJ. So the five rounds could come into play, guys, which is definitely the concern. And probably where the line's where it's at. I mean, if it, if it was three rounds, I'd imagine he'd be a bigger favorite, to be honest with you, because he did win the first fight, like you said. And like you said, that stat is very telling, too. You know, like, that's historically, like, relevant because, like, they, it's not like they're using a few different rematches. They use a lot of rematches, right? So it's interesting. Mm-hmm. 
Also, uh, I know that the athletic did an article on that like recently and they were talking about how like, you know, depending on the weight class, but like light heavyweight and heavyweight have more upsets in the second fight. So that's kind of interesting. We saw that in the, uh, the Stipe Francis fight that came into play right away. So yeah, we'll see. Anyways, let's get some comments. You said Corey's chin might show up last fight. Yeah, Davis is the smallest head to shoulders make sure I've ever seen. He always looks so weird. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a little strange. Okay, that's it for Belter. Now, I do want to talk about this fight. We're going to talk about the boxing match because we got five minutes to talk about it. So, Jake Paul, Ben Askren, right now the odds. Minus 185 for Jake Paul, plus 160 Ben Askren. Like I said, I had an article over Expectation Sports AJ. broke it down. I don't know if you've had a chance to check it out, but I, I went into it. I like this fight. It's a weird fight, guys, but I do like this fight. AJ, give me your thoughts on this one, man. I'll have to check out your article. But, yeah, I just got done filming this after <laughs> before we got on here. But uh, I, I think Paul Rolls, I think he probably goes out here and gets a quick knockout. I mean, when you watch film on these two, it's obvious Paul's faster, I think. I think his punches are more technical. His footwork is better. He understands, like, circular movement. I think his power is more compelling. And, and you're a reach guy. Paul's got four inches of reach here. I know you like that. I like it, too. Um, I, just I think, think it's three. That, it's three, I believe, actually. But yeah, three. Okay. Yeah, um, seventy-three to seventy-six. So three, but still, same thing. He's got, got the reach. He has the reach. Got the reach. Got the speed. Got the power. Got the technique advantages. I think. Um, and Askren, he just the thing I noticed with tape on Askren is, dude, this guy he leads with his head to like get in the clinch. That like if Paul times an uppercut or something like that could be it. Um, you pointed it out like a, a few weeks ago when we were on this podcast, like. Paul's chin and cardio are mostly an unknown just because we haven't seen him tested. Maybe his cardio is bad. I think it'll actually be smart of Askren to try and clinch up uh, with Paul and try and get him tired. But um, I don't think Askren's cardio is elite either at this stage. And so um, I just think Paul's going to be doing more damage here. So I think if Askren wins, he kind of needs to weather a storm. Um, but I just think that we're going to see that Paul's a better boxer, the better athlete, big age gap here. I know you're big on that 12 years. Um and so, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely like a risk with Paul, but just because all these unknowns, but like him being a favorite, I agree with. I do. I'm with you. That's pretty much what I was talking about in my article. I mean, I, I broke, I actually put the tapes in there too. So if people want to read it, I have the videos of his boxing matches in there. We have the video of Ben Askren's pad work. That's all we have. We have like nothing to watch on this guy really as far as his boxing goes. And it didn't look that good to me, man. Everyone in the comments was saying, oh, he looks like he's, he's pretty good with the hands. But, bro, his chin was way up in the air. His hands were at his waist, AJ. Um, guys, 24-year-old versus 36-year-old. A 36-year-old hasn't fought in two years. A 36-year-old who's coming off hip surgery, who retired from combat sports, who's coming back because he's getting paid seven figures. I don't blame him at all for taking this fight. Ben Askren, you know what, man? People want to hate this guy, AJ. He's successful, and he's doing well with his life. So, you know, nothing but respect for, for Ben, but... I think Jake rolls here, man. I really do. I think the speed's an advantage for this guy. We actually have seen him box. I think he looked pretty good in boxing. He's got a pretty good jab. So he actually does use his reach. He has a nasty right hook. We saw that in both his fights. Um, you watch both his fights or just the last one? I watched both. Yeah. He, he just, I mean, listen, I understand guys. They're literally a YouTuber and a former NBA player. I understand that. But like he, his boxing looked pretty good to me, honestly. You got to be careful what you read in the media. Like there's all this Freddie Roach was training with, uh, with, Ben for this camp and Freddie Roach is saying, you know, Paul has no boxing and everyone's taking that as gospel. Of course he's going to say that. He's tra he's the one training with Ben. Why would he say anything good about his opponent? I, I have to trust my own eyes, AJ. I think he looks pretty good. I actually think he looks pretty good. He's a good athlete, guys. He's not a bum. Like him and his brother were like good wrestlers in, in I think, high school, right? Like they're good athletes. They're in good shape. There's a lot of unknowns in this fight. That's what makes it hard because, again, the chin – Healthy does get punched. We have no idea if he can take a punch. We really have no idea. 
And we have no idea if he gets gas past two, the two rounds, right? But again, I just feel like the, the, the speed, the youth, the upside, the, uh, the reach advantage, the height advantage is another thing. The height advantage, he's three inches taller, I believe, too. So he's got that going for him as well. That should help. Um, and again, Ben, you know, Ben was, it wasn't that long ago, guys, where he got absolutely destroyed by Masvidal. And it, that's the kind of, you know, scary knockout that makes you wonder, like, is, is this guy's chin cracked for good now, you know? We'll see. We'll see. I, I'll give I, – I have nothing but respect for Ben Askren. I'm not here slagging him. I think he's got a chance to win this fight if he can make it dirty, get in the clinch, kind of like Nate Robinson was doing. But, again, that didn't work for Nate, did it? He just kept trying to clinch up, and the refs just kept breaking it. This isn't MMA, guys. It's boxing. And Ben Askren's never boxed before, and I can't pick a guy who's never boxed against a guy who at least has two good win- – like not good wins, but like he looked good in the fights, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're quality wins. Like you gotta remember who he, he fought, right? But it's 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 a tricky one. Like I don't know. Like are you gonna, you're gonna make a wager on for fun, or are you, gonna, are you just gonna watch? Dude, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, 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 I am too a little bit. Like I know it's crazy, right? Like I don't want to, but I will say this. I feel like the line might dip a bit. I think it might get closer to like because it has actually some books have it closer to even. So depending on the book you have, but. I like Paul here, guys. I do. You know, I, I know it's crazy. I might we might be wrong. We might come back here next Thursday age and we're gonna be like, well, that's why you don't bet on a YouTube fight a guy against a legitimate combat sports athlete. But bro, I got I think he looks pretty good. I don't know why people hate on this dude. I don't know what your thoughts are. Give me your last thoughts on this before we get out here. Yeah, two words, uh, Connor versus Floyd. I mean, we saw all the noise going into that fight about how Floyd was getting McDonald's before the fight, trying to make Floyd look vulnerable and then make Connor look compelling. I mean, this is what we get whenever it's a big profile fight. The media will like try and sway our judgment. And that's just, that's the way it is. Like we're just, yeah. we're just sort of used to it. It's a bias, but uh, you know, I'm not, I mean, yeah, Freddie Roach wants to say that good, good on him. Our eyes don't deceive us. Yeah. I think Paul's a better boxer just like you. And I think he rolls. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm with you. All right. That's it for today, guys. I, I got to do another podcast with James Lynch. I'm going to get these comments and we'll get out of here. Uh, Kevin said, yeah, you only trade her for a week. It's true. He, no, uh, Roach confirmed that too. <laughs> Tim Tebow. You're talking about AJ. He kind of does actually. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. There you go, AJ. Are you a Bible thumper too? Just like Tim was. <laughs> Future baseball player. Jake's Paul's uh, face is smushed. He's sparring a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Annoyed. And he's saying he has CT. You know, that's fake. I think that's fake news. Trying to get people to talk about him more. Asking UD. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's it, guys. I got to get out of here. AJ, plug your stuff. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, Daily Fan MMA, I contribute to. You could also find me on Twitter right there. Uh, thank you for joining and, and best of luck. Yeah. Thanks, man. I always love having you on here, AJ. Thursdays afternoons with the, me and AJ, guys. So, Appreciate you guys tuning in as well. Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Adam Martin, obviously. Um, like I said, I'm going to do this podcast with James. It's on his Patreon, but it's going to be pretty cool. we got the Party Shot podcast back together, so that's going to be sweet. Um, BJPan.com, MMAOddsBreaker.com, tons of stuff there right now. Lots of content, AJ, over at Oddsbreaker, so definitely check that out, guys. Um, Elite Betting, Elite Fantasy, got my full DFS preview, and my bets will come out tomorrow on that website. I actually had a, people, a bunch of people join the website recently because they saw I was on a nice run, and that's good, man. We had a good weekend last week, so... You guys know I put the work in. So does AJ, right? So me and AJ give a lot. Like, I would say I give 99% of my stuff away for free. And I have for years. But, you know, at some point, like, some stuff has to be behind a premium wall, guys. And that's what it is. So it is what it is. But I know some people did join. And they're really happy with the results so far. So just wanted to plug that. Anyways, that's it, man. Um, I'll talk to you, uh, AJ, next Thursday. I'll talk to you guys Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Marcel will join me to recap the UFC card. Have a great day, everyone. I'll talk to you later. Bye.